0: Lord, you reign, you ancient Zion king, Kadosh. You are mighty on your throne. You reign, you reign. Once again we've come to hear from you we're grateful that truly you're the ancient of days you're the one who was who is who is to come there's no one like you our father we've come to your feet today to hear from you Holy Spirit I pray that you speak to our hearts the word that we need to hear individually corporately that you speak to our hearts I pray that we would not be distracted today in the name of Jesus. I pray that our hearts would be open and that that word that you have for every individual, they would receive it, they would hear well, they would hold on to it, and they would go and be a doer of your word in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray that this word would not stand against any of us in the name of Jesus because we would hear and we would do to your glory. Speak to us, Holy Spirit, for in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen, amen, and amen. Is it still morning? Yes, it is. Good morning, church. Say it like it's a good morning. Honestly, it's a good morning. Good morning, church. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. And welcome once again to God's presence. You know, when God is repeating something over and over and over again, It's not because God can't have other things to say. It's because it's important that we hear it. And one theme that I see that keeps on coming up in the last so many weeks is this thing of what we hear, that we go and we do, that we go and we do. It's not enough that we're just hearing. Romans 2.13 tells us that, that it's not in hearing the word. It's not in hearing the scriptures, but it's in doing and it keeps on coming up. So I want to encourage everybody to pay attention to that word. In Philippians 3, 1, Paul was speaking and he was speaking to believers and he told them that finally rejoice. And then he said for him to keep repeating the same things to them, that it wasn't tedious, that it wasn't troublesome, a burden for him, but that for them, it was safe for them. It was a safeguard and God keeps on repeating this thing that he's speaking to us. But what are we doing with the word last week by God's grace? we, we um, were reminded that the night is coming. Between last Sunday and this Sunday, what has changed for you? What did you do with that word? Now we can't just keep on hearing and not doing. The Bible says that the person who's listening, the person who's listening, that you need to be careful how you hear because that person who doesn't do what they're supposed to do with what they hear, the Bible says even what they think they know would be taken away from them. I pray that that would not be our portions in Jesus' name. So we're still carrying on with this theme that God has been speaking to us about. And by his grace, we'll be looking at the topic today, maximizing the day, maximizing the day. Help me tell your neighbor, maximize your day. Say it like you really want your neighbor to maximize their day. Say, maximize your day, maximize your day. So last week, our main text was taken from John chapter 9, verses 1 to 7, and that is still our main text, John chapter 9, verses 1 to 7. Most of my um, passages would be from the New King James Version, and there'll be a few from NLT, but I'll I'll say when I'm going to NLT. So John chapter 9, verses 1 to 7, and I read, it says, now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned. And this is crucial. Let's hear what God says here. It says, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, go wash in the pool of Salome, which is translated "Sent." So he went and washed and came back seeing. So Jesus says about this blind man when his disciples asked him, Jesus says that the predicaments this man has found himself in for many, many years, since before he was born, he was born blind. Jesus says this predicament, the reason this guy is in this predicament is so that the works of God would be revealed in him, so that the works of God would be revealed in him. There are many people going through all sorts of issues, and there's some people that the reason they're going through that issue is not because they sinned. It's not because they didn't do the right thing or they did the right thing or what have you, but so that the works of God can be revealed in them. So Jesus says that's why this guy is blind. That's why he's been blind from birth. But... Those works of God would not be revealed in this man until something happens. A catalyst must connect with this man. And that catalyst was that one day this man was going to cross paths with Jesus. And when he crossed paths with Jesus, the works of God would be revealed in his life. And Jesus then said, Jesus said, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Why? Because the night is coming when no one can work and then we see Jesus in verses six and seven he does part of those works which he had come to do which God had sent him to do and part of it was to trigger something in this guy's life so that God's works could be revealed in him and Jesus does that and suddenly this man becomes a wonder to everybody people are looking at the scan they're saying is it him is he not him They're asking the parents is this your son was he born blind the works of God were revealed in him but something had to happen, and that something was he had to meet with Jesus. In verse 5, if we go back to verse 5, Jesus makes a very pronounced, a profound statement, which we need to pay attention to. He says in verse 5, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. He, Jesus, is the light of the world. So while he's in the world, he says he's the light of the world, and he would go about shining that light in different spaces, different lives. And the works of God would be revealed. As long as I'm in the world. Okay, so we know Jesus was going to leave. And he says, as long as I'm in the world. Why did he say, as long as I'm in the world? Why didn't he just say, I'm the light of the world? And it's a good question that we should ask ourselves. And the answer was that he was going to return to the Father, no longer be in the world in that form. And the answer for us, for you and I today, is in Matthew 5. Why he was very specific in saying, as long as I am in the world. In Matthew 5 from verse 14, Matthew 5 from verse 14, Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's talking to them then, and he's talking to you and I today. And he says, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house then he says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and do what? Glorify your father in heaven. So as Jesus ambassadors, Jesus says, as long as I'm in the world, in the form that he was in, walking with people, he says, I'm the light of the world. And then he passes the baton on to you and I, and he says, now you, I, we are now the light of the world. And being the light of the world, it's not just light of the world in name it comes with some great responsibilities. He says to us that our light were meant to shine. He says a city that is set on a hill, it can't be hidden. If you are the light of the world and nobody can see your light, there's a problem. So he says that we're the light of the world. He says, as we shine in our world, as we light up our world, as we light up spaces, as we light up lights, people will see our good works, but the glory would go to the Father. Works are not thoughts. Works are not just planning. Works are in the doing. Works are action. Works are actually going out. They're putting in the effort and doing stuff. Our good works should bring glory to God. There are folks in your life and there are folks in my life that the predicaments that they find themselves in, the trouble that they're going through, the issues that they have, it might be individuals, it might be families, it's not because they have sinned. It's not because anyone has sinned. It's not because they haven't done the right things. It's because God wants to reveal his works in their life. And you are the catalyst that they're waiting to come across. You are the one that needs to step into doing your good works so that God's glory can be revealed in their lives. I pray that the good works God has sent you to do, sent me to do, that we wouldn't fail God in the name of Jesus. I pray that we wouldn't be replaced in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. So some people are waiting for you to manifest. And some people are waiting for me to manifest. Say to your neighbor, some people are waiting for you to manifest. Say to yourself, some people are waiting for me to manifest. In John 14 verse 12, and I think Shimon um, kind of mentioned this verse earlier. John 14 verse 12. Jesus said, he's talking again to his disciples. He's talking to you and I. John 14 verse 12. He says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he would do also and greater works than these he would do because I go to my father. Can I remind you some of the great works that Jesus did? He healed the blind. Lazarus had been dead for four days and Jesus says, you would do what? Greater works. Say it like you really believe it, greater works. And you know, sometimes we can be funny Christians. We read a verse like this and we think, Then we come up with theories about why Jesus didn't mean it in a literary sense. You know, when Jesus said greater works, he didn't quite mean greater works like that so that we can feel happy and comfortable with our lives. I'm doing all right. But God is God. When he says a thing, he means it. Jesus said you would do greater works. Why? Because he was going back to the father. He was here. He did his ministry like three and a half years. How old are you? How old am I? He says you would do greater works. Say to yourself, I would do greater works. Say it like you believe, but say I would do greater works. And God would be glorified. I actually want us to say that and God would be glorified. <laughs> and God would be glorified. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ephesians 2.10, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Ephesians 2.10. It says, For we are his workmanship. And also he says his masterpiece. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Why were you created in Christ Jesus? The Bible says for good works. And God created them for you to work in them. God did not create you to just give your life to Jesus, sit back, do nothing, and wait for the rapture or wait to be called home. No, there are good works that God has called you to do. And we must do those works while it is day. We have to maximize the day because the night is coming and when night comes no man can work if jesus is saying he must do the works why did day because even when it's night that he jesus could not do those good works trust me we cannot so we must maximize the day we must maximize the day so how do we ensure that we do this how do we ensure that we maximize the day how do we ensure that we make the most of it so that we don't get caught out when it becomes nighttime matthew 25 We see the story of the ten virgins and the foolish ones, they were cut out. Their night time came and they were not ready. And we don't want to be like that. By God's grace, we'll be wise in the name of Jesus. So we're just going to look at a few points today that would help us in maximizing our day. I know some of us don't write. Um, I encourage you, if you can, please write something down that you can go back to. Also, there's the podcast, there's the messages on the website. Um, So please do. Let's go back to God's word so that we're doing them. We don't wanna fall into that category of people that are hearing not doing them. And then even the one we think we know gets taken away, that will not be our portion in Jesus name. So a few things that would help us in maximizing our day. The first is that we need to recognize that even though it is currently day, it is currently day, night hasn't come yet. We need to recognize that day does not last forever. Day does not last forever. Night can represent different things in different lives, right? Your nighttime might be different from my nighttime, but night is coming. Day doesn't last forever. So while it is day, we must do this work. We must maximize it. You know, earlier this week, I think it was on Tuesday. Yes, on Tuesday, we went for a naming ceremony. And you know, a naming ceremony is a time of rejoicing, you know, and we and, and were all blessing God. We're really happy for safe delivery and so on. But in sharing, one of the things that we were told, and especially the parents of the baby was told, is that they have to maximize the day. Right now, your child is a baby. You have all the time in the world, it seems, to train them up, to raise them. But in no time, there will be 10. In no time, there will be teenagers. In no time, like David today, there will be an adult, 18. If you don't use the day wisely and train them and influence them and and help them to follow the path of God while it is day, night is coming. And when night comes, the child is already formed, the child is an adult, and then you want to start to do those things, then a parent would find out that truly when it is night, it is too late. That's just one example. Any example in your life. In outreach, it could even be your colleague that God has assigned you to be the catalyst in that colleague's life. And you're not seizing the opportunity. You're talking about everything else, the weather, career, promotion. And you're thinking one day, one day, one day. That colleague can leave the workplace. You might not be there forever. It could even be life that's taken. We don't know. So we must maximize the day. It's currently day, but day does not last forever. And that's why we're reminded in Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1 tells us, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Many things are time bound. And once that time passes, that's it that's it. Recognize that it's not day forever. And so there's a sense of urgency because night is coming and night is coming fast. Night is coming fast. It was my birthday on Wednesday. And one of the verses on your birthday that you you think about and you pray about is Psalms 90 verse 12. Teach us to number our days that we might apply our hearts unto wisdom. I was 45 on Wednesday and I was reflecting. I remember when my dad was 40. And he seemed like such an old man, you know, and I was a little girl. And I'm like, I'm 45. Where did the years go? Teach us to number our days because night is coming. Another thing that would help us to maximize our day is that we need to recognize that it's truly not about you, but it's about God. Sometimes we make the mistake and we think everything is about us. And even God is just there to just make everything perfect and beautiful in my life. And I'm just rattling out to those, like God is my errand boy. You know, this is what I want you to do. One, two, three, four, five. And I just want you to make my life beautiful in this way. And everything is just about me. That's the mistake. It's all about God. It's not about you. You're part of God's big picture by his grace, by his mercy. And it's an honor. It's a privilege that God has chosen us that we're his children. But the big picture is God's big picture. The big story is God's big story, not yours. You're part of it by his grace, and you need to recognize that. Think about David in the Bible. David, the Bible says, was a man after God's own heart. He was a friend of the Almighty God. This guy, he did amazing things. From when he was a youth, he was doing exploits. All the generals, the whole um, nation, they were afraid of Goliath. And as a young lad, he goes before, and he's doing exploits. And he goes his whole life from being a shepherd to being a a king, did mighty things. And yet when the Bible is going to summarize David's life, Acts 13, 36, when the Bible is going to summarize his life, Acts 13, verse 36, and I'm reading this from the NLT. It says, now when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep, he was buried with his ancestors, and his body decayed. After David had served, whose purpose? God's. After David had served, whose purpose? God's. And that's a fantastic testimony. And I pray that that would be God's, that would be heaven's testimony of you and I at the end of our race in the name of Jesus. But it was about God. It was about God's purpose. It wasn't about David's agenda and David's lifting and David's glorification. At the end of everything, it was about God's purpose. You must recognize that it's not all about you it's about God and that's why you cannot hold God to ransom nobody can hold God to ransom you can't say to God yes I know that you want me to do this and do that but you know what God I would do it in my own terms at my own time when I'm ready you can't do that we think of many people in scripture God replaced Eli and his entire lineage in the in the priesthood um, Saul got replaced with David Judas after his death he was replaced I pray that none of us would be replaced. But if God is calling you to do something, it might be something little, it might look like something big. If you refuse to do it, what you're trying to do is say, I'm holding you to ransom when I'm ready in my own time. But you cannot do that. God is the almighty God. This thing is about God. And God's purposes, his plans, they would come to pass with or without us. But my prayer is that it would be with us in the name of Jesus. So remember that it is important. It is important it is important. It's all about God, his agenda, his terms, his will, his purposes. And so if you look at your life and we should be reflective about our lives, if you look at your life and it's all about self-promotion, self-glorification, all about your own lifting, your own agenda, don't just ignore it. You need to go back to God and say, God, I need help. You need to get in the scripture and see what the scripture really says so that the way you think your mind can be transformed with the word of God. Matthew 5, 16 again says, let your light so shine before men. Yes, they would see your good works. They need to see your good works. But ultimately, what should that lead to? Glorification of our Father in heaven. We need to come to a place where if we've got things wrong, we need to recalibrate. We need to correct those things that are out of alignment. God helping us in Jesus' name. Because you know, when it is night, it is too late to rectify. The foolish virgins, they found out. They, the, the, the bridegroom came. They didn't have enough oil. They tried. They said to the other ones, give us some of yours. They tried, but it was too late. When the night comes, it is too late. I pray that we would get it right before night comes in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And as you recognize, and this is another way that would help us to maximize our day, as you recognize that it's not all about you you must realize that you cannot afford to lean on your own understanding. You have to lean on God because the big picture the story of God's, the story is God's, Proverbs 3, 5 to 7, a very common passage, Proverbs 3, 5 to 7. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways, not some of your ways, you're part of his big picture. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. So prioritize God, prioritize God, prioritize spiritual growth and maturity. You know, in recent times in Bible study, we went through a lot of things when it came to spiritual maturity. We talked about prayer, about fasting, about getting into the word, about service. Prioritize those things. You know, spiritual disciplines, meditation, prioritize those things like your very life depends on it. And you know what? It does, but we just don't recognize it. Make those things priority in your life. Make them priority in your life. Make them priority in your life. I was sharing with some people earlier this week that as I celebrated my birthday and Doreen celebrated hers and the Mafia Mishabis. and today we've got David as well. And we thank God for his goodness and faithfulness of all of us. And Shakwe, of course, as well to celebrate his. One of my um, childhood um, friends that we all grew up together, went to primary school together, secondary school and all that, Unfortunately, he died and he died suddenly. Nobody was expecting it. He just died. And so people were putting tributes on our our primary school WhatsApp group and talking about what this dude had done and said. And he was one of those guys that keeps the group alive. He would send messages, he does a lot of writing. So he would send messages really early about fulfilling your purpose, being who you're called to be, and so on. But for him, night has come just like that. Just like that. We need to make sure that we're prioritizing God. prioritizing god's will and purposes for our lives how else what else can help us in maximizing this day we need to recognize that we don't have forever to get our act together you know sometimes we feel like you know when i'm a little bit older i'll get my act together or when i've sorted this and this out i'll get my act together you don't have forever because you don't dictate when night comes and you don't know when night is coming So we need to recognize that we don't have forever to get our act together. And so what should that push us to do? What should that drive us to do? Start now. Please, can somebody just say, start now. Start now. And if you've already started, keep on pushing. Keep on at it. Start now. Stop procrastinating. You don't know when night is coming. And night is not always death. Night might just be that that season when you could do that thing passes. The prophecy for this year the GEO said that more than 80% of projects started in 2022 would be successful. Is there a project that God has put in your heart that has 2022 written on it? If you don't do it, start it in this year, and you say, when it's 2023, that's when I'm going to start it, or 2025, the season might have passed. There might not be success in those years. The success of that project might be tied to 2022. That is night coming. That is night coming. So we don't have forever to get our act together. Just start now. It might look like baby steps to you. It might look like nothing, but just start. Just start. Luke 19 verse 13. Luke 19 verse 13. Talking about the the king. It says he called his 10 servants and he delivered them 10 pounds. And then he said unto them, occupy till I come. And this is what God has said to us. This is what Jesus has said to you and I. He says that we should occupy till he comes. Get busy, start, do those good works while it is day. Because when he comes, it would be night. You cannot start then. You need to start now. You need to start now. You need to recognize what you've been given. This king, he gave these servants 10 pounds each and he said, go and use it to occupy You need to recognize what you've been given. What are the gifts, the talents? What are the graces God has placed upon your life? You need to recognize them. What are the good works that you're supposed to be doing? How do we recognize them? Many ways, just a few. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you to recognize and see these things. Another way, pay attention, pay attention. What are those things that stir your heart? What are those things that you're passionate about? What are those things that trouble you? Pay attention. It could be indications of what your area of gifting is, of the good works that you're supposed to be doing. Also, the people that are close to you, godly people that are close to you can help you to identify them. We see Paul telling Timothy in 2 Timothy 1 verse 6. 2 Timothy 1 verse 6, he says, Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. How do you stir up your gift? You use it. Start now, you use it. What is God speaking to your heart? What stirs you? How are you wired? And, and in um, the really fantastic book that Rick Warren wrote called um, Purpose Driven Life, and I recommend that book, he has an acronym that he calls SHAPE, and SHAPE stands for, S is for spiritual gifts. What are the spiritual gifts that you have? H stands for heart. What are those things that stir up your heart? A stands for abilities. What are you gifted in? What are your abilities? P stands for personalities and E for your experiences. All these things God would use, God would use. So we need to discover, we need to develop, we need to deploy. Some of us were forever trying to discover, we're forever just sticking in. I'm developing, I'm developing. You know what, brethren, just deploy. Tell your neighbor, just deploy. Just deploy. We need to start because night is coming. Night is coming. Night is coming. I love this passage in First Corinthians 9, and I'm going to read it from the NLT. First Corinthians 9, verses 24 to 27. First Corinthians 9 verses 24 to 27. Paul speaking he says don't you realize that in a race everyone runs but only one person gets the price so he says run to win all athletes are disciplined in their training discipline we talked about self-discipline today really key they do it to win a price that would fade away but we do it for an eternal prize and then 26 and this is where I'm taking you to he says so I run with purpose in every step I run with purpose in every step. Everything that he's doing, he's doing it with purpose, with purpose. I'm not just shadow boxing. I'm not just passing through life. Life is not just happening to me. I am running, I am living, I am working with purpose. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should do. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. I pray that none of us would be disqualified in Jesus' name. But we must start. We must do. We must start. We must do. So what have you been, doing, been given? Are you occupying? You need to get started. You need to get started. Another way that would help us in maximizing our days is don't despise the days of small beginnings. Don't despise the days of small beginnings. Sometimes it's easy to despise the days of small beginning and think when I can do something big, when I can make an impact that will shake Leicester, that's when I'm going to get started. No, God wants you to start where you are. Start now with the little things. Don't despise them. Sometimes it's those little things that make the greatest impact. You know, there's some things that you do for somebody and that person might not remember everything else that you did, but they remember that little kindness that in a month's time, you don't even remember that you did but they would remember it for life. And that could be what points them to Jesus. So do not despise the days of small beginning. We talked about David. Where did he start? David started by shepherding sheep and goats, you know? Nothing glamorous. He didn't start in the palace. But what did he do in that space? David was faithful. Sometimes I think about David's faithfulness. I'm like, I'm looking after sheep and goats. Sheep and goats, not human beings. And a lion comes, a bear comes. I mean... I mean, God will help me. I'm out of there, you know. But what did David do? Faithful. And so later in life, God could say, this man is going to shepherd my people. This man is going to shepherd my nation because he didn't despise the days of small beginning. Don't despise the days of small beginning. John the Baptist, how did he start? In the wilderness, but he was faithful. Jesus, how did he start? Was he born in a palace? No, the humblest of beginnings. And actually it became a problem because his hometown people, that was part of why they couldn't honor him. Like, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, the or not even the, the mayor of the city or what have you. And it was to their detriment. But don't despise the days of small beginning. Don't despise it in your life and don't despise it in the life of others. Don't despise it in the life of others. Don't look at David next to you, looking after the sheep and say, What a pity, you know, while we are rocking and impacting and shaking nations, you're with sheep and goats. You don't know where God is taking him to. You don't know where God is taking him to. Another thing that would help us in maximizing the day, recognize that life is not a dress rehearsal. Life is not a dress rehearsal. And that means that you don't get to do life and then, you know, come back and say, I'm going to do it all over again. I've learned some lessons now. I'm going to come and do this life all over again. No, it doesn't work like that. I'm 45. I'm never going to be 21 again. The next year, by God's grace, is going to be 46. And it goes on and on and on. And it's the same for you, whatever age your age is. Hebrews 9:27. Hebrews 9:27 says, and it is appointed for men to die once. And after this comes what? <laughs> Let's say it like we're in church. And after this comes what? Judgment. Judgment. We don't get to do it all over again. Life is not a dress rehearsal. So maximize the life that you have been given, the breath that you have been given, your steward of your life, maximize it. Do the works that he has called you to do. Do the works that he has called you to do. And finally, coming back to this thing of purpose, and this is what the things that would help us in maximizing our day. Remember that we're people of purpose. You're a person of purpose. I'm a person of purpose who serves a God of purpose. God doesn't do anything just for the sake of it. Everything has a purpose. You know, um, in the prayer conference, we're talking about the principles of God and how we need to follow those principles. So, where people of purpose serving a God of purpose, everywhere that you are, your spheres of influence, even if your influence seems tiny, everywhere that you are, it is not by chance. In your workplace, Your neighbor, it is not by chance that they're your neighbor. There's a purpose in it. It wasn't by chance that Jesus happened to be passing by that blind man. It was ordained. There was a purpose in it. So you want to make sure that you are alert, you are sensitive to the Holy Spirit. In your schools, in your universities, there's a purpose for you being in that class, having these colleagues, having this lab partner. There's a purpose. I share an office with a couple of my colleagues. There's a purpose in my sharing that office with them at this time in life. So you need to make sure that you're asking God, What is the purpose for this relationship that I have of this person? What is the good works that I'm supposed to be doing in this organization, in this neighborhood, in this church? What is the purpose? And make sure that you're focused on that purpose and you're walking in that purpose, walking in that purpose. And so that like Paul, we can say every step that we take, we take it with purpose. We're not shadow boxing. You're not in your workplace just so you can be getting promotions and be lifted. And you know, everybody thinks that, you know you're just so amazing, no. Your good works are to give glory to God. You're there on assignment. Everywhere you find yourself is mission-filled, and you need to be alert to that. You need to be alert to that. Who are those people that God has placed you there so that his works could be revealed in their lives? His works could be salvation. His works could be healing. His works could be a family that's about to fall apart. And because you have met that person, it's not supposed to go that way. But are you alert to that fact? Are you doing those good works? I pray that God would help us in Jesus name that if we haven't gotten started that we would get started in the name of Jesus and that if we started we'll continue to keep going in the name of Jesus my prayer is that at the end of it all that we would finish well we would finish strong That at the end of it all God would look at us and say well done that none of us would be caught off guard by night because we were not doing the works we were supposed to be doing while it was day, We would do those works in the name of Jesus and God would be glorified in the name of Jesus. I'm just going to give you a minute to just pray for yourself. You know the word that God has spoken to your hearts today. So just take a minute and pray for yourself in line with what you have heard. Just pray for yourself. Just pray for yourself. Just pray for yourself. Just pray for yourself. And so shall it be because in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen, amen and amen. God bless you.